On to this week's Band of Brothers. Are you ready? Good. First of all, we're going to start with something I've never done before in church. Actually, that's not true. I think I have done this before in church. When I was about five or six. Dot to dot. Who's ever done a dot to dot before? Okay, this might take a long time. I did time it. When I timed it, it was on a very small piece of paper. I've now realised it's quite a large piece of paper I'm on. So who's looking at the piece of paper already going, I know what it is. It must be Jesus. Yeah. We're at church. So dots are dots. They're very simple. You follow the numbers. One, two, three, four, five. And if I can find the six, there it is. And you keep going around until eventually you build up a picture. You know how this works, don't you? And whether you're going to watch to me, it's a bit like, there we go. It's a bit like Rolf Harris's cartoon club. Okay, here we go. What do you think it is, yeah? A badger, okay, interesting. So dots, dots are very simple. You just follow the numbers, one, two, three, four, five. You keep going and you create an incredibly beautiful picture if you follow the numbers. If you can't follow number 19, there it is, number 19, you won't make a very good picture. How am I doing so far? But I don't know about you, but when you get older, you start getting a bit fed up with joining the dots. You think, you know what, I could probably do something better myself. Maybe the person who designed the dot to dot didn't know what they were talking about and I might just go off at a tangent and do something different. That's what I used to do as a child, and the pictures I ended up with weren't always very pretty. But if you follow the dot to dots and you follow them one at a time, you eventually build a picture. Do you know what it is yet? Wow. Someone's got squinty eyes, okay? It's a meerkat. All right, so there we go. Uh, I, I couldn't work this out for ages, it took me a long time. I've lost number 40. Oh, there it is. There you go. 40 is important. Okay, we're getting there. I might have to get someone to come and finish this off for me. Rabbit. Who invited Judith to church this morning? There we go. Everyone's welcome. That's true. Yes. Yes. Yeah, we might be changing that one. We might be adding an addendum. There we go. Everyone's welcome, apart from Judith on the front row. There we go. 58. What is going on here? Oh. No. How can you see from over there? Oh, dear. This has gone wrong. Do you know what? I think it's because the dot is just there, and the dot is just there. Oh. How are we doing? Can anyone see what it is yet? It is a penguin. It is a penguin. Hannah, come finish it off for me, because I'm getting lost. I'm dyslexic on numbers. 66 is there. You need 67. And you're off. Wonderful. Dots to dots. I don't know you, but I've, I used to do dots to dots as a child. I used to get books them for Christmas, books for my birthday. I'd fill them in and colour them in. They're very simple, aren't they? I thought. Harder than I realised. But you have these dot dots where you follow the, the guide. The instructions are simple. You follow the numbers. Hannah, you're really good at this. You're much quicker than I am. But when I did it, I used to always want to take shortcuts. I always wanted to try a different way. I always thought I could see the picture before the picture emerged. But as someone mentioned, it is actually a picture of two penguins, eventually. It is indeed. And I'm not very good sometimes at following instructions. I remember a number of years ago, we went out to Longley um, Farm, Longley Farm, Longley uh, Safari Park. And there's a house there with an incredible maze. In fact, it's the biggest maze in Britain. And I went on this maze with my two boys. We couldn't get the buggies in. I think Lottie and Flo were stuck behind. And um, so we went to this maze and we got properly lost. But because I'm a man, I didn't ask anyone for any help. Even though my boys were like, Dad, this is really boring. I'm like, we're going to find the way through. We'll be fine. 
And I kept trying, and everything I tried, we ended up in sort of, you know, you turn the corner and there's like another dead end. And Lottie was standing on the outside of the maze on a wooden platform. If you've been to Longley, you'll have seen it. You stand on this wooden platform and she could see everything. She knew exactly what I was doing wrong. And she was helpfully trying to give instructions to a man. It's not good, is it? She'd go, no, left a bit, right a bit, no, no, the next one. And I was trying, no, I'll be fine. I will do this in my own strength. And I would try, and eventually I got to the point where my boys were getting so frustrated, I went, actually, I could do with your help. Because we'd been in the maze for about half an hour at that point, and we couldn't find our way out. And Lottie was able to see and was able to give instructions. And when I eventually chose to follow the instructions, getting out of the maze was very simple. Very simple. And when you follow instructions, the answers can seem very simple. Here we have two beautiful-looking penguins. Who would like to take that home and put that on their fridge? It's a work of art, isn't it? (laughs) Dot to dots are a simple way of learning how to follow instructions. And I want to ask the question today, what does it mean to follow? What does it mean to follow? How do we follow? How do we follow Jesus? How do we follow his ways? So the story today is about two um, followers of Jesus, two of these band of brothers, these, this community of believers who shared lives with Jesus for three years. They were friends of his, they were followers of his. And so if we go to John chapter 1, your Bibles, uh, this is the end of the chapter there, verses 43 onwards. And this is the story of Jesus meeting Philip and another disciple called Nathaniel. And here's the story, be on the screen behind me if you want to have a look at the words there. It says this, The next day Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, Come, follow me. That was it. Didn't offer him a salary, a position, a title. He said, Come, follow me. Philip was from Bethsaida, Andrew and Peter's hometown. There was possibly a chance he would have known Andrew and Peter. They'd be of similar age and the town was very small. Verse 45, Philip went to look for Nathanael and told him, We have found the very person Moses and the other prophets wrote about. His name is Jesus, the son of Joseph from Nazareth. Nazareth, exclaimed Nathanael. Can anything good come from Nazareth? I'm just reading the Bible here with a bit of an extra effort there. Nazareth, really? Philip replies, come and see for yourself. As they approached, Jesus said this, Now here is a genuine son of Israel, a man of complete integrity. Now, I love Nathaniel's response at this point. I mean, humility was obviously not his middle name. He just said, how do you know about me? I love that. We wouldn't, we don't, no, no, you must be pointing at someone else. You, you, me, me, you, me, integrity, me. But no, he just says, oh, how do you know me, man of integrity that I am? And Jesus replied this, I could see you under the fig tree before Philip found you. Then Nathanael exclaims, Rabbi, which means teacher, you are the son of God, the king of Israel. And Jesus asked him this, this is great. Do you believe this? Just because I told you I could see you under the fig tree, you will see greater things than this. It's amazing, isn't it? A few little lines, you think, what a picture we're starting to build of this, these people, Philip and Nathaniel. Let me just pray for us, and then I've got a few thoughts to uh, give to you this morning. Lord, I just thank you for the stories within your word of God. Thank you that they are true today as they were thousands of years ago. And I pray as we try and uncover what it means to be part of this band of brothers, help us to understand some truths that can really help each one of us be set free and fully understand what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ today. Amen. Amen. 
I don't know if any of you have uh, followed a football team and been disappointed. Lincoln City fans in the house? I know. They did well. First team in 104 years to get to the quarterfinals of the FA Cup. Have you ever followed a football team? I mean, if you do, you're always going to be let down at some point, aren't you? Have you ever followed someone's handwritten directions and got completely lost? Remember those days? Or have you ever put the wrong postcode into your sat-nav? Yes. Well, the other day I went to pick up my daughter Flo. She was staying with a friend's house, and the friend was living on a brand new estate that had no roads. So she gave me the sat-nav postcode, and it took me to a field nowhere near the house. So the clever and creative and um, technology savvy dad that I am, I used find my friends and I tracked my daughter down using my mobile phone. That's the kind of parent that I am. I know where she is every moment until she's worked out how to turn off the find my friends feature on her phone. Have you ever followed a politician who promised you so much and then didn't deliver? Anyone? No? Ever followed a friend to do something that maybe you shouldn't have done? Gave you some good advice. Said, oh, come and do this. It'll be brilliant. Come and try something you've never tried before. Have you ever followed a recipe that didn't look like the picture when you finished it? (laughs) Have you ever followed instructions to build a piece of furniture from Ikea to only find a number of items left in the box afterwards that don't look like they should have been left in the box? We all start off by following people. We make the decision to follow someone, maybe to learn a new skill, maybe a new day at work or an apprenticeship program. We have to follow and shadow people and understand how they do things. But somehow it seems to me as we get older, we get more determined to ignore the advice of others and the desire to follow others. We want to just plough our own furrow. We want to do our own thing. We think we know best. And I want to look today at the importance of following. Who are you following? And also, really importantly, who is following you? Who is following you? So in the story of these two people, Philip and Nathaniel, um, I just want to ask these two questions. Who are you following and who is following you? The first person we'll have on our top trumps on the screen here is the person of Philip. A little weekly profiles in the various disciples. My son has pointed out to me, Dad, you don't understand top trumps. This is not how it works. You have to have the same categories on the cards each week. I said, son, that sounds great. You do it. At that point, he said, Dad, you're the pastor. You can carry on. So here's Philip. He appears in the Bible 16 times. He is not to be confused with the other Philips. There's a Philip who was Herod's brother, King Herod. He had a brother called Philip. And there was another Philip in Acts chapter 6 um, who was Philip the, um, he was the uh, evangelist. He's known as Philip the evangelist. And he was the guy who met the Ethiopian eunuch on the, the road. And he brought him to Christ and baptized him. Not that Philip. Which I was a bit disappointed about because I've got some great preachers around that Philip. But it's not that Philip. This is the Philip who was an apostle um, and one of the disciples of Jesus Christ. The only things I can tell you is this. He has a Greek name, which means lover of horses. I don't know what you can read into that. But what is unusual is he was the only, um, he was the only disciple that didn't have a Hebrew name, a Jewish name. All of them had Jewish names. He was the only one that had a Greek name and re- remained so throughout the Bible. He's from Bethsaida, as I mentioned earlier, the home of Andrew and Peter. He was a bit of an administrator. He liked organising, he liked counting all the beans. He liked making sure things were in order, as we'll see a few times throughout the Bible. And sometimes he was a bit of a cynic. He was a bit of a questioner. He was a bit of an uncertain, are you sure that is the right way of doing things, Jesus? Is there not a better way? 
He was a fisherman and a really good friend of Nathaniel. Nathaniel, on the next screen, he was um, only mentioned nine times. He gets even less mentions. He would not be a good top trump to have in your hand. But he's also named under another name, a.k.a. Bartholomew. So in um, the time of the Bible, the way you'd refer to friends and people would be by their dad. And so Jesus would be Jesus bar Joseph. When you see the word bar, it doesn't mean pub. It means son of. And so you see the word bar, it means son of someone else. So Nathaniel was Nathaniel bar Tolmai. And bar Tolmai means he was the son of Tolmai. But it obviously became his nickname and it turned into Bartholomew. So in some place in the Bible you'll see him mentioned as Bartholomew. And sometimes you'll see him mentioned as Nathaniel. But he had this kind of strong, um, kind of judgmental attitude. You know, he was prejudiced against people who lived in Nazareth. He was a bit like somebody from Pompey, talking about somebody from Southampton. And I'm sure you've all got friends who live in one of those two cities that have a particular strong opinion about anyone who lives in the other city. He was a bit like that with his opinion about Nazareth. But he was an authentic, salt of the earth, good guy that Jesus recognised for who he was. He lived in a, a small town, it's smaller than Nazareth, a village really called Cana. That's where he's from. So when I looked at these two characters and I was asking myself the question, what can we learn from Philip and Nathaniel as a church? What can I learn? What can I pass on to the church this morning that can really help us in our becoming more like a band of brothers? And I think the first thing was Jesus simply said to Philip, follow me. He just used those two words, follow me. He didn't give him a big plea, a big request, a big pitch. He didn't stand there with a PowerPoint presentation and say, here's the six reasons why I will change your life. He just said, follow me. And Philip got up and followed him. And I think sometimes we want more complex instructions than Jesus is willing to give us. When you make a dot-to-dot puzzle, you go from one to two to three to four. You don't say, I won't start until I know what the picture is. You just say, I'll follow the dots and something will emerge. And we have to sometimes learn to follow simple instructions. To go just to do the one, the two, the three. Say, Jesus, I'm going to trust you every step of my life and not ask you for the big picture and the final outcome. When I was in secondary school in my first year, I had my first ever experience of woodwork. And I remember my first lessons of woodwork very clearly indeed. And um, it was my first experience. I came from a little village school. We didn't have any wood, let alone any tools. And so we never had experienced anything like this. So here we had a proper workshop. And the first thing we had to do was we had to make a wooden jewellery box, a little tiny box we were going to make out of wood. And the teacher, some of you will appreciate this, would draw on the blackboard with chalk what we would have to cut out of the wood. And then we'd follow the instructions and cut the piece of wood to the right size, and then we'd glue it, screw it, stick it, whatever we did, to make a box. Well, we're getting about halfway through this exercise, and I thought, I know what he's trying to make. I understand what my experienced teacher is trying to do. So let me just move on ahead and forget the instructions, and I will finish off the box in what I think is the best way of doing the box. And I finished and I built this box, and it looked fantastic in my eyes. Then I looked around at everyone else's boxes, and I realised that what I was building was very different to everyone else in the class. And when my teacher came by, he said, that's very interesting, Simeon, but that's not what we're building. The worst moment was parents' evening. I had to bring my parents to show them all of my wonderful work. 
And as we traipsed through the workshop, my mum would say, which one of these boxes is yours? And I said, well, it's the one that isn't like any of the others. And although it worked as a box, it wasn't the instructions we'd been given. I'd run ahead, I'd assume something, my wife will tell you that still carries on now, of what we should be doing. Following sounds really simple, but it's often not easy. To stop and to go, I will do what I've been asked to do. Philip was willing just to say, yeah, I'll follow you, Jesus. If you say to me, jump, I'm off, I'm up, let's go. Where are we going, Jesus? I'll follow you every step of the way. In the appearance he makes in the Bible, there's a few interesting interactions he has with Jesus. He has that very first moment where Jesus, come, follow me, and he does. But there's this lovely moment. We talked about this last time I spoke. We talked about the, um, the feeding of the 5,000 and Andrew's simple faith when he brings a boy with a packed lunch. Well, Jesus' interaction with Philip was very different at the feeding of the 5,000. And as a good teacher, he's looking for opportunity for his followers to learn something. And so in John 6, um, he turns to, um, G- to, to Philip. He says this. So Jesus soon saw a huge crowd. This is um, John chapter 6, verses 5 to 7. Jesus soon saw a huge crowd of people coming to look for him. Turning to Philip, he asked, where can we buy bread to feed all these people? He says he was testing Philip, for he already knew what he was going to do. It's great, isn't it? It's a classic teacher thing. We know the answer, but we want to know, do you know the answer? Is that right, Mr. Bryce? Is that right, Mrs. Kirkland? Fantastic. Is that all right, Mrs. Hunter? Good, I'm on, I'm on the page. Here we go. And he was testing him. He goes, Jesus knew what he was going to do. He was going to take some kid's minging lunchbox and turn it into a banquet for 5,000 plus. But he didn't tell Philip. He said, Philip, what do you think we should do? And Philip said this. Even if we worked for months, we wouldn't have enough money to feed them. Yeah, that's helpful. But you see, the logic there, the kind of thought process, is, look, if we went to a baker and said, could you buy and make bread for this many people, it wasn't going to work. And he wasn't understanding what Jesus had been showing. They'd been with Jesus for some time to this point, but Philip wasn't getting it. Andrew, even though he was hesitant, had more of a, I'm not sure it's going to work, Jesus, but I trust you with this packed lunch that you can do something with it. Philip was like, ah, that's a pretty tricky order. I'm not sure we can do that. Have you worked out the numbers, Jesus? I've done a spreadsheet. It's pretty complicated. How do we learn to follow Jesus? Following is all about learning. As we follow, we learn. We're not meant to always be Dr. Dotting. We have to go beyond that. Philip was still in the position of not understanding what Jesus was doing. He wasn't there. He hadn't caught up with him. In John 14, we see this happen again. And, and I feel a bit sorry for Jesus, if I'm honest. All right, we've got John 14. This is a well-known passage of scripture. We've just had the Last Supper. We've just had Jesus explaining he's going to have a horrible death. He's breaking the bread. He's, he's pouring the wine. He's explained that Judas Iscariot is going to be a traitor, and off goes Judas into the night. And they says in the Bible, they're just sitting around having a conversation. They're talking. They're having that after-dinner chat. And Philip says this. And he says this in John 14, verse 8. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father and we'll be satisfied. And Jesus, I think, replies politely through the lens of the writer of the scripture. But I think he was properly annoyed, a bit exasperated. I've been traveling with you for three years. Seriously, you haven't got this? He says this in verse 9, if you think I'm making it up. Jesus replied, have I been with you all this time, Philip? When you use someone's name. It's like kind of just pushes it down. He's not even saying, hey, Phil, come on. He's like, Philip. He's used the full name here. He's like, have I been with you all this time, Philip, and yet you still don't know who I am? 
Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. So why are you asking me to show him to you? You can hear the kind of the frustration. Don't you believe that I'm in the Father and the Father is in me? The words I speak are not my own, but my Father who lives in me does his work through me. Just believe that I am the Father and the Father is in me. Or at least believe because of the work you've seen me do. I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done. And even greater works because I'm going to be with the Father. And you can ask anything in my name and I will do it so the Son can bring glory to the Father. Yes, ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. Can you hear that frustration? Seriously, three years and you haven't got this? You're looking for me to kind of put it for you on a plate. You want dot to dot still. You want me to spell out every instruction of your day's walk. When are you going to understand there is a maturity required of you? If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Stop asking for milk and start eating meat. and Start up in your game. Start maturing. Philip, you were so good when you started. Come, follow me. I'm up for it. And now you're going, well, I'm not sure we can feed all these people. I'm not sure whether I understand who the Father is. Jesus must be so frustrated. We need to get up and just simply follow Jesus. I think sometimes questioning, don't don't misunderstand me, questioning is good. But at some point, the questions have to stop and we have to start doing. Sometimes questioning people are just putting off the inevitable. You know those people who just ask more and more questions, but you know what's going on. They're just delaying. Like children going to bed. If you've got small children when it's bedtime, it's amazing the things they can think of to put off going to bed. And sometimes the questions aren't the purpose, they're just delaying tactics. We need to sometimes stop questioning everything and start being obedient to Christ. And just follow, just follow Jesus and do what he says. I've got a load of verses here for you. You ready for this, Billy? Here we go, Matthew 16. Jesus said to his disciples, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross and follow me. Stop being so selfish, he's saying. Follow me. Matthew 19, Jesus told him, if you want to be perfect, go and sell all your possessions and give the money. Listen, this is really simple advice and very clear down the line, isn't it? If you want to be perfect, go and sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. Give it up. Give up all your stuff. God doesn't mind you having stuff. He minds stuff having you. Get rid of your treasures. Stop holding on to things that you think are precious that God doesn't really value at all and just follow him. John chapter 8, verse 12, Jesus spoke to people once more. He said, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness. You will have the light that leads to life. Jesus says, follow me. I'll fix all the difficulties you're faced with. I will put the light within you. John 10, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. We need to learn to understand and hear the voice of God so we can follow him. We, we must learn to listen so we can then follow. John 21. Um, how are we doing there, Billy? John 21. Jesus replied, If I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? As for you, follow me. This is a, a peculiar verse in some respects, but this is Jesus talking about another one of his disciples, John, who many thought was the one that Jesus loved the most. He was his favourite. And he was pointing at John and saying, What is it to you if I say he will stay alive forever? which caused a whole lot of theological upsets for years and years and years to come. Thanks for saying that, Jesus. But what he was saying, it doesn't really matter what someone else is getting out of the deal. I just say, follow me. You follow Jesus. Don't you worry what other people are doing. 
Your responsibility is to take, be obedient to Christ and just follow him. And the last one here, 1 Peter 2, for God called you to do good, even if it means suffering, just as Christ suffered for you. He is your example and you must follow in his steps. We're called just to follow in the steps of Jesus Christ, to do as he asked us to do. Sometimes it means it will be difficult. It was never meant to be easy. It's meant to be a way of learning as we follow. So the first we must know is we must follow Jesus. Follow me, he said. And the second thing I want to point out here is what Philip did with Nathaniel. Follow me, follow him. You see, Nathaniel wasn't really ready to follow Jesus. He didn't even understand why on earth somebody from Nazareth would be the Messiah that everyone was waiting for. He had already made a decision about someone he'd never met before because of where they came from. He was never going to follow Jesus because of his birthplace or because of where he lived, his hometown. But Philip, who he trusted as a friend, said, you know what, come with me and I'm going to take you to Jesus. Follow me, follow him. I don't know if you know this, but people are watching you. People are looking at the way you do life, the way you exist, and the way you treat others around you. On Friday, um, a few of us were in Little Hampton in West Sussex, at our leaders' event, South Coast Leaders. A few of us got together to hear from a guy from 24-7, um, Emmaus Road Church in Guildford. A fantastic time together. And um, one of the, the moments there, we're talking with uh, my friend Becca Jupp, who is the leader of the church, Aaron Community Church. And Becca's been here to speak a couple of years ago. We must get her back again at some point in the future. But Becca once told me a story. It's a brilliant story where she was um, a, a mum. She's got, got four children. And she was on the school playground one day. And a woman came up to her and she said, you don't know me, but I've been watching you. I've been watching you for the last two years. I've watched the way you treat people, the way you treat your children, the way you speak to those around you. There's something different about you. Can I come to your church on Sunday? I want to find out more. Amazing story. True story. And was able to take her to church the following week. Just last week, um, one of the volunteers in the food bank, some of you will know, he's a great guy. He's been volunteering in the food bank for some months now. And he's been talking about, I'd love to come to church, but there's a lot of people at church. Can I go to a smaller group? And I was able to say to him, yeah, actually, you know, there's these things called connect groups. We'd love you to go along and try one of those. I said, where do you live? He said, I live in Abbotswood. I said, great, there's one starting tonight. Now listen, I'm not that clever. But I knew if I just said to him, here's the address, have a great night, nothing was going to happen. So I drive around, then I pick him up and I take him. I think I was the only person who didn't walk to the Abbotswood group that night. It was the first night of this new group. which started two weeks ago at Tim and Hazel's house. It was great to be there. And I was able to take him and to participate in the group. Because he needed somebody to take him to find the opportunity to encounter Jesus for himself. That's what Philip did. Follow me, follow him. You know, Nathaniel was seen by Jesus but didn't know it at that point, did he? You see this incredible moment where Philip says to him, don't worry what you think of people from Nazareth. Come with me. There are people out there who've got opinions about church, opinions about God, opinions about Jesus, and they will never come near a church because of their past experiences, but they might come if you invited them. They might come because they trust you, and the question is, who is following you? 
Who is looking at the way you do life? Who is asking those questions? Who do you think you should be inviting to come along? Because Nathaniel had an encounter with Jesus once Philip took him to Jesus. There's this lovely moment where I can almost imagine Philip's going, come along, it'll be great, he's a good guy, you'll like him. And Nathaniel's like, oh, if, he's from, if he's from Nazareth, I'm not interested. I'm not interested in this guy who comes from a town I don't think much of. But then he arrives and Jesus looks him in the eye. And he says, you, you are a pure person. You are a man of integrity. And then Nathaniel has this encounter with Jesus. Where Jesus, I saw you under that fig tree. I've known about you. I know about your existence. A bit like that psalm we read this morning in Psalm 139. You've been knitted together. Your mother's I've seen you. I've known you. And I'm, and I'm not surprised to see you. And I think you're brilliant. At that point, Nathaniel was like standing six foot tall going, wow, you know me. You must be someone so special. And he had an encounter with Jesus. I know many of you are desperate for your friends to have encounters with Jesus, for family members to encounter Jesus themselves. Listen, we need to find ways to connect people by bringing them to Jesus. All we can do is point them to him. Who's following you, following him? Who is it? Paul says this, one of the writers in the New Testament in 1 Corinthians says this, in 1 Corinthians 4, For even if you had 10,000 others to teach you about Christ, you have only one spiritual father. For I became your father in Christ Jesus when I preached the good news to you. So I urge you, says Paul, to imitate me. I've always found this verse a really tough one. But 1 Corinthians 11, he says this, Follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. Live like me, because I'm trying to live like him. Are we willing to be an example of Christ? Are we willing to say to our friends, our family, and those who are close to us, if you have a go at being like me, I'm trying desperately to be like him. Eventually they'll come and have their own encounter with Jesus Christ, and we can move back. But people are looking for you and for I to be their trusted guides to connect them to Jesus himself. Follow me, follow him. We need to bring people to a place of encounter. Can I encourage you to bring your friends to church, to bring your friends to our nights of worship, to bring your friends to the Alpha Course, to bring your friends to Connect Group, whatever you think is the best place for them to encounter Jesus. Do it. Invite them. They're probably desperate for the invitation. And they're worried that you haven't invited them. Why have you got your secret club you never invite your friends to? Let's help others follow him by following you. Get the the band up in a minute. Well, now will be great. just want to... Play your song in just a moment. But we say as our church, that the, the thing we're about is helping people find and follow Jesus. That's one of our things. Hold on for that. Stay there. Stay. You're keen today, Tim, aren't you? Stay. I've got a big reveal. Don't ruin it. We say about helping people find and follow Jesus. That's what we're about. We want people to be followers of him. But it starts with them kind of connecting with us. Sometimes following seems so passive. Really, you want me to do a dot to dot? You just join the dots every day and say, Jesus, what should I do today? Listen, Jesus doesn't want us to continue just following him on that sort of basis. He wants us to mature and understand who he is and how he works. The followers of Jesus spent three years with him, not saying to Jesus every day, tell me what to do. When it came to Acts chapter 2, they had to step up and say, things have changed. Jesus is no longer here like he used to be. How am I going to reflect that which I learned from my master Jesus in the three years I was with him? 
You know, sometimes we like the rules, we like the dot to dot, we like the painting by numbers, we like the religion and the systems and the plans, but sometimes, not sometimes, God is saying to us, are you willing to understand the person you're following so you can start to live the life you're meant to be living? God has put into each one of us such incredible creativity, and sometimes we limit it by trying to stay within the lines and stay within the rules and stay within the dot to dot. It's all about learning to follow him, learning to walk in the ways of Jesus, to love like he does, to live like he does. That's why he was so frustrated with Philip when Philip said, show me the Father, then I'll be satisfied. He said, I've been showing you the Father for three years. Are you seriously still on the dot to dot page? When are you going to grow up and realise all I've been doing is teaching you how to draw, now you need to start drawing for yourself. I've been teaching you how to live your life, now live the life that I've been teaching you about. I've been teaching you how to love. You know, listen... When you see somebody in desperate need, you don't need to stop and pray, God, do I help this person in need? Do you understand what I'm saying? I'm just going to dot to dot. God, do I help the person in need? Seriously? Is that a question? Do, do I invite my friend to come to church? Do I, do I take the next step of getting baptised? Do I, do I tell someone about Jesus and what he's done in my life? These are non-questions. Unless you're still a dot to dot Christian who needs their hand held every step of the day. We start there, we never finish there. I don't want that on the wall of the Tate Gallery, do you? Maybe some of you would. We'd all feel a bit better about ourselves because we could probably do the same thing. But we're called to do more than that. We're called to step into his ways, to understand God's ways. And look, I've got this rather big reveal, Tim. So this is the moment. This is the moment. You see, if you do dot to dot, that's what you have. But if you start becoming an artist, this is drawn by Steve Tandy using just a pencil. Steve Tandy's teacher might have said, that's very good, Stephen. You've kept all the numbers. Well done. But a better teacher would say, I see that in you. I see that in you. I heard an interview this week with a, with a sculptor who said about a teacher that gave him a block of clay. And the moment the clay fell in his hands and he started creating, the teacher encouraged him. He knew he was called to be a sculptor at the age of 11 or 12. He started to create. He never stayed where you just make a couple of balls and put them on top and you say, oh, it's a snowman. <laughs> We've all done that one. The big one at the bottom and the small one at the top. We start creating because God's put something inside of us which is more than that. He calls us to follow him. Not so we just live a dot to dot, day by day, but we start stepping out the line saying we understand the heart of the Father because we've learned to follow him. Jesus wants his followers to become leaders that influence families and friends and those we work with. That's what we're called to do. To learn to follow Jesus so we can understand who he is and how we should live. I love this thing we keep talking about, unleashing the crazy. I want to unleash more crazy followers to follow Jesus and invite others to follow you as you follow him. Can we do that? Can we do that? It's meant to be fun to follow Jesus, isn't it? Yes. Sometimes I'm concerned we do church, we go, yeah, we've got more stuff to do. I feel more guilty than before. Listen, following Jesus should be the fun. It should be an adventure. It should be an exciting experience. What am I going to do today? What's today look like? And throughout scripture, we see this idea of following. The Israelites were called to follow the cloud by day and the fire by night. Just follow. Jesus said to Peter, get out of the boat, look me in the eyes and follow me. He said, listen to my voice and you will know my commands. Just follow. And I want to challenge you all today. It should be fun. It should be an adventure. Let's step into following Jesus. It is simple, but it's not easy. It's simple, but it's not easy. 
In times of uncertainty, follow him. In times of challenge, follow him. In times of excitement and joy and celebration and favour, follow him. That's what we're called to do. Let's see what God will do when we create space for crazy people who are willing to say, I'm going to follow Jesus. Listen, that's a nuts idea. You never know what might happen to you. I have met so many people doing incredible things for God. I was reading this week about a family who gave up everything to travel to a nation, to be with people who didn't know or didn't love Jesus. Why? Because Jesus said, follow me. That's why we do these things. Let's all stand up, Sure, I want to just join us together to read a final prayer together. That's okay. And I don't know if you, your story today and whether you are a true and full-on follower of Christ or whether you've let that lapse a bit recently and actually following isn't something you've done for a while. You've been busy doing many other things. I want to ask you to recommit today to following Jesus, his ways. To do that dot to dot. Start again and go, I'm, I'm up for the dot to dot. Maybe you've never had the opportunity to say, I want to follow Jesus. I want to, I want to follow this crazy guy from Nazareth who did incredible things. I want to find out what the adventure looks like when I say yes to him. And maybe that's something you want to do. And if you want to follow Jesus yourself, then please talk to a friend, the person that brought you to church. There's always somebody who brings somebody. Are you willing to follow me, follow him? So I just want to ask us to, if we can, if you're happy to do this, to read out this prayer together. A prayer I wrote that I just want to declare our intention as Freedom Church in this year of adventure to be people who follow Jesus, wherever that may lead us. So let's read together, shall we? God, I choose to follow you. I am sorry when I've gone off track and done my own thing. Please forgive me. Help me to follow you each day, to be an example to those who are close to me. May I readily say to my family and friends, follow me as I follow him.